Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Megan. And let's shake our gree gree. Oh, I have the sack. I have the raccoon bones. Is this thing stretching out or what? I feel like there's more room in this. I tell you, we <laughs> have been fondling it a lot. I think, yeah, I think that our guests over fondle yes. um, the sack as Perhaps. well sometimes. Wes so. enjoyed himself some Kanga sack. He sure that's did. For sure. He sure did. So, Are you telling me a story today? I have. I am. I have a couple for you. Um, and because there's just not a lot of information on this case, I'm bringing you some kind of un, uh, obscure, unsolved, at least on this first one. Oh, I almost died. <laughs> that was weird. Is your tooth okay? And my teeth are fine. Good. It just kind of tipped at me. And yeah, I don't know. You and I are going to have words, she says to the microphone. These are mega microphones too. They're they are. heavy I and, and If you got hit, the, you get hit in the face with really confident killers make similar. So um, my sources for this, I'm just going to put them out there. There was a um, cold case, the disappearance of Donna Dahl um, by uh, Angie Lorges and Becky Schlickerman, who were Tribune reporters, and then a medium.com. Which okay. I've been on a couple times, and they do some. They have some pretty good, they interesting do. stuff on yeah. there. And then also uh, Northern Star uh, dot info, a case. I'm um, sorry, a story by Stuart Warren. So those okay. are my sources for you today. That way, everybody has them if they want to fact check me. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you about the unsolved murder, still to this day, of Donna Dahl. Mm, okay, I love her name. I know, right? Donna I'm going to give you all kinds of Dahl stuff today. I love it. Yep. Well, and I'm going to start off with really bad information. Okay. Like, cringy. Um, I get it. When someone suffocates to death, it is long and slow and painful. Mm-hmm. It is technically asphyxiation, and as you and I are both aware, uh, it occurs when your body is deprived of oxygen. It can take between one and five minutes to simply smother someone into unconsciousness, mm-hmm. and then the victim must suffer without air another three to five minutes before dying. And if that doesn't sound like a long time, I implore all of you to try to do some sort of isometric move for one to five minutes, you know, a hollow body hold, crunches, something for that long. And it'll put into perspective just how long one to five minutes really is. Stare at a wall. Yeah. And then estimate how long you've been staring at it. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you're going to think five minutes passed when maybe a minute Mm -hmm. or 45 seconds did. Listen to my children tell you all about their hunting experience where they didn't see a single deer. Right. It feels like forever. Well, and you know, I have people testify all the time. And so I'm listening to them in court and defense attorneys and prosecutors jump all over people for this, but people have different concepts of time. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I had somebody explaining a trauma that had happened to them. I'm listening and, and she testified. I mean, yeah, I think it went on for three minutes. And of course, you know what the attorneys are rolling their eyes. Like there's no way this event 
that you're explaining happened for three minutes, but to her, I'm sure that it felt like three minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's I've had some CSC cases this where we talk about how, you know, about how long was he touching your breast? Well, 15 minutes. Yeah. And you know, it, it wasn't right. Right. It's, but time is made up anyway. We're the freaking ones that made time. We it's, did, you know, that yep. decided 60 minutes is one hour. It's not real people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this is where it comes down to juries having to make the hard decision of, is that piece of information the fact that time was was relative and it was different for you yeah. know her than it was for somebody else enough for me to find a not guilty on this well that's just or, it. or like is it, it happened or right is the information that I set aside and I'm not going to tell them which way to decide they have to decide for themselves mm-hmm. what they want to do with that information so in this case, um, the DeKalb County coroner, Dennis Miller, stated that the exact time of suffocation depends on how much the victim is fighting, among other things, which we know to be sure. true. In the fall of 1970, Donna Susan Dahl was an NIU, which is Northern Illinois University, senior. She was an honor student studying Russian. Wow. Yeah. Hard language. Yeah. Like, holy, you heard me pick on it with an accent a while ago, and that wasn't even good. It's hard. She was a 1967 graduate of Riverside Brookfield High School. Very smart young lady, obviously. She graduated 15th in her class, and she was a member of the National Honor Society. Her name is Donna Sue Dahl. Her name is Donna Sue Uh, Dahl. Exactly. And just a doll. She planned on teaching Russian. Or working as an interpreter after graduation. Could you imagine Russian being your second language, but you're going to go ahead and teach it? Yep. That She's is learn even it. more remarkable. Yeah. she. This was not her um, native language. Yeah. She's literally studying Russian with the intention of being a teacher and interpreter at some, some point in time. Amazing. Obviously, she's very ambitious. She had attended uh, Middlebury College in Pennsylvania in the summers of 1969 and 1970 and earned credit toward her master's degree. Donna was described as being pretty, square-shouldered, smiling, blonde, with wide-set blue eyes. And she was described by her friend as having an innocent and open look with a trusting personality to match. We love her. With she's the a doll. exception of the trusting personality, she sounds Russian. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> nope. Nope. This is I'm just, just kidding. I don't I, know if I, that's Russians funny. are trusting or uh, not. Who knows? I, I picture her as just a big a deer. Just a doe. Oh, yes. Just a doe. Just a, a doe yep. with a blue-eyed yep. doe. Now, her best, best friend's name is Donna, too. Her Aww. best friend, uh, Donna Charlotte, she talked about how in high school, Donna was never wild. She described her as unworldly and innocent. So Donna Dahl and Donna Charlotte's friendship dated back to eighth grade. And Charlotte remembered her friend being burdened with responsibilities at home as a teenager. And by that, I mean, she was quoted, um, she basically took care of her younger brother and younger sister. Okay. And her parents always had chores for her to do. This is a strict house. She was the one who cleaned the house, the one who couldn't go out because she had to babysit. And Charlotte says she was pretty well tied down as a kid in high school. Wow. And I think we all know those kids. She, I, I would venture a guess that um, strict conservative parents who probably both worked and she was the oldest by quite a bit and so she's the one that took care of the house the expectation kind of the second is mama, we're, right? we're all surviving here exactly mm-hmm. well when Dal went to NIU her life changed <laughs> I bet <laughs> although she studied very hard as Russian is a difficult and demanding language to learn now she had time for visits with her friends and more importantly 
boys dating. Ooh. Yeah. So though she attended NIU on a scholarship. Um, that and, does not surprise me. Yep. And worked weekends at the Swen Parson Library. Her life was more her own in DeKalb. Mm-hmm. She was kind of coming into her own. On October 2nd, 1970, Dal clocked out of the Swen Parson NIU library where she was working that night at 9.59 p.m., one minute before her shift ended. <laughs> she had plans. She's the purest. She is oh my the gosh. purest. She was supposed to be meeting Donna Charlotte for the first time that fall. So the two co-eds had not yet seen each other that semester because Dal had spent the summer in Pennsylvania and Charlotte was a newlywed. She had recently even been, um, Dal had been the maid of honor at Charlotte's wedding. So they haven't seen each other since, right? So Charlotte pulls up to the NIU library in her 1959 Black Ford Galaxy (laughs) and waited for a friend for 20 minutes. She, um, she's quoted as stating, we hadn't got together yet because of schedules and other things. We were going to get together and talk for a while and get some coffee somewhere. We were supposed to meet at the library. I was supposed to pick her up and we were going to talk about the summer and what had gone on, but she just wasn't there, she said. So Charlotte stopped at the library, but Donna was already gone. Like she goes in to check on her. She's not there. Okay. Uh, They report she's checked out. Charlotte, she wasn't even immediately concerned, Charnel. Pre-cell phones, people would have things come up and there would be no way to contact them immediately. Right. But Donna also didn't return to the West Lincoln Highway rooming house where she lived that night either. Oh. Um, So this 21-year-old co-ed stands up her best friend and then doesn't come home. Police are not going to make this a big deal at this point. Again, this is 1970. And she's an adult. She's an adult. Students are doing their own thing. And it wasn't unusual for a college student to become sidetracked and Mm -hmm. miss an appointment. Right? Sure. We all get a little flighty, especially when there's partying and dating and those type of things. Especially in college. We get flighty. Correct. And horny. Okay. Um, Also. (laughs) True. (laughs) That doesn't change for some. Well, when Del, by the time she had been gone all weekend, so two days later, at 11.30 p.m. on Sunday, October 4th, her house parents reporting her missing to the Cal police. So she's in this rooming house, and you know, back in the 70s, your master's students, your co-eds, they're staying in these houses, and there's always like a house mom and dad. Yeah. They come in and kind of run the place, and you were in a sorority, so you probably had like a house mom or something yes. as well, right? Yep. So just so people understand, they her house parents are the ones who are finally like, yeah, we, she isn't, this, she isn't yeah. showing up. This, this is, is not weird. Like mm-hmm. Well, and to get make it weirder, her room was searched. Her clothes and her suitcase were there. So was her last paycheck from the library uncashed. Okay. They said she couldn't have had more than $10 in her pocket. And she also had left without her prescription allergy medicine. And it was the only cure for her constant runny nose and weepy eyes, her oh. friend said. So this girl suffered from allergies. Oh, poor doll. She, oh, oh, my gosh. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized her last name is Doll. What a yes. doll. I know. Oh. So no one believed that this showed any intention that Dal would have gone on some impromptu trip. No. She also had not shown up for work all weekend. Not like her at all. She missed her younger sister Becky's 10th birthday party. And her family was terrified. And remember, she is close to her family. She's basically kind of helped raise her younger siblings. DeKalb Police Chief Don Burke was the detective who investigated the case. Burke read from the missing persons report of 1970... It was indicated that Donna Dahl had a boyfriend in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It appears that she had met this gentleman last summer at an Eastern college. So they did have one lead regarding a relationship 
pretty early on. Okay. He said, so coupling that up with her taking off and this relationship we were told of up front then, they assumed perhaps both her house parents and the police that she had gone east to see her boyfriend. Well, why wouldn't she tell someone? Mm-hmm. Charlotte said, this is her friend and she's aware of the boyfriend, okay? Charlotte said that the boyfriend was potentially married or recently separated. And this would have complicated their relationship being public because Dal's parents were known to be very strict and quite conservative. Police reasoned she felt they would have disapproved of an unchaperoned visit at the beginning of the school year. Okay. So we're starting to get some stuff happen. Yeah. So here's some data collecting. Yep. Well, needless to say, wherever Dal was, the police just did not have a reason to suspect foul play at this point. So, I mean, there it's weird. It's not good that her stuff's there, but there's no other evidence to put together other than she's missing. She literally clocked out of her job at the library and disappeared. And disappeared. Yep. I don't want the last place I'm ever seen to be my work, leaving it, by the no, way. Can, no. can I Can I be last seen leaving someplace interesting or at least enjoyable? Yeah. Yeah, not yep. a library. Not that those can't be interesting. Well, but, right. But definitely not my job. No, no, exactly. And Detective Burke, he or Chief Burke, I should say, continued, there was no abduction reported to us. There's a difference between a witness seeing someone else taking somebody versus someone who was reported missing two days after she was last seen. Yeah, So there's a difference in how they're going to look at it and treat it. Okay, Valid point. While Dow being missing for two days turned into nine, both the Chicago Tribune and the DeKalb Journal ran short stories about the missing co-ed's disappearance. So they were at least... um, There was some media coverage. There was some media coverage uh, early on-ish, as in within nine days. Not what we'd like to see, but for the 70s, not bad. Charlotte's mother sat with Mrs. Dahl at night trying to keep her company. So Aww. the two moms are sitting together of their, of their, you know, the best friends. Right. The Dahl family did receive several strange phone calls that week. Charlotte said someone called six or seven times and simply said, I know where your daughter is. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. And so this is 1970. There's no star 69. No. There's no caller ID. And there's also just complete assholes that may not have anything to do with anything and they just want to insert themselves. As soon as a newspaper reports a missing girl, co-ed, all of the crazies come out of the woodwork. It happens every time Mm -hmm. we have any high profile case. Some people even admit that I'm the person that did this Mm -hmm. and they didn't. So we we see these things. On October 11th at around 8.30 p.m., three teenagers were on their way to a party in DeKalb. They drive out to Nelson Road to pick up some beer that they'd stashed there the week before. <laughs> so this is a party area there in a college town. <sighs> so Jim Ball, who is from DeKalb, it's his first year of college. He's there with a couple of girls as he walks through the tall grass. And this is about dusk. He's near a ditch that runs parallel to the road. He sees the outline of a body lying on its mm. back under a tree about five feet away. The two girls that were with him did not see it, and he's a gentleman, and it's 1970, so he yells for them, go get back in the car. 
Oh, so good. they go get back in his Pontiac station wagon, and the three of them uh, drive to the DeKalb Police Department to report what they found. There's no cell phones. They're, right. And they didn't right. stop anyplace else. They drove right to right the cops. And isn't that always the way? When you're up to something that you're not supposed to be doing, that's when you find the dead body. Of course. They're off <laughs> finding their have, hidden stash right. of alcohol. And the police know what goes on in this yeah, field, in this area. Life. Well, the police follow the teenagers back to Nelson Road. They okay. even lead the police right back. The body that was found was fully clothed. Only the shoes were missing. Okay. The woman had a jacket on, but it was not the trench coat that Donna Dahl was last seen in. To date, Donna Dahl's shoes, the trench coat that she was wearing when she was last seen, and her purse have never been found. Oh. By 3 a.m. on Monday, police knew that they had found Donna Dahl, that this was her body. Wearing somebody else's coat? A different coat. And her shoes and purse are missing, and her original trench coat that she was wearing is nowhere to be okay. found. Is it her coat that she's wearing, or we don't know? Never stated. Okay. A male friend of Donna's, who was a graduate student in the NIU math department named Charles Burke, identifies the body. Okay. The two had dated, Charlotte said. Oh. So Burke is the ex-boyfriend of Donna Dahl, and this is who police have Identify, identify the body. body? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, ironically, there was a search party that was organized by Charles Burke uh-huh. and some of Donna's friends in the NIU Foreign Language Department. They had walked along the railroad tracks west of DeKalb looking for Donna in this area. Strangely, coincidentally even, the search had ended about a quarter of a mile short from where Donna's body was found. Yeah, okay, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. And you get a little bit of goosebumps. Yeah, I don't yeah, like it. You I don't, don't like, like it. it. DeKalb County Sheriff Roger Scott said that in the 1970s, Nelson Road was a popular spot for NIU students to drive, to park, and drink. So you're going parking and you're partying. And the, probably some other things. And porking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the dorms weren't co-ed then, and there was a lot more, <laughs> I quote, road partying. <laughs> as yeah. evidenced by the kids that found the body, this is where your men and women were going to go to co-mingle yes. and hang out. Yes. So this is a spot that they know of. Okay, mm-hmm. not a not an isolated area, not a place where I don't think one would want to dump a body unless you wanted it to be found. Mm-hmm. And you're familiar with the and area. you're familiar with the area. So newspaper accounts of the time showed that the town was in an uproar. Then DeKalb is sure people were confused and terrified. Some people wondered if there was a serial killer on the loose. Right. This was a safe town with no more than regular petty type crimes occurring. By the way, it's 1970. Yes, there's a serial killer. Of course, on the there's loose. always a serial Everywhere. killer on the loose in 1970 yes. in the United States. No one could understand what had happened, and the police captain, um, the sheriff's captain, Jim Laban, said the county was different then, even quieter than today. It had always been considered a safe rural area, and unexplained homicides in DeKalb were uncommon in the county. It didn't even have a morgue. Their county didn't oh, even have a morgue. Yeah, I mean, so there's no one died in, in this nearby. county. <laughs> yeah, they just, so few people die probably naturally and of old age that they literally send them out to other counties. Wow. So they're sending people out because the volume's so low, I have a mark. Yeah. Uh, Laban stated, everyone was wondering, well, obviously people think right away, is there some type of killer roaming the streets of rural DeKalb? So the prime suspect shifts and immediately becomes Burke. 
Sure. They, okay, they, thank you. They turn their attention to the recently ended relationship between Dahl and Burke. Motive-wise, then, there's Burke and there's the new man that Dahl had been seeing right. in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Although the police started with that fact and circled away from it into every direction looking for any other explanation, Laban said there was nothing else. His opinion was the killer targeted this one person for whatever went on between them. And if we only knew some of these things, he said, maybe that would give us a different direction to go in. But those are the only directions that they have at this point. Got it. Right. And she was not sexually assaulted. No. There's no evidence of that. Ten dollars, maybe. There are literally three sources. There are no transcripts of anything that I can find, and I can tell you why as we get here soon. This is an open case. Wow, this is still open. Scott said there was no violence in her death, no visible signs of violence. Wow, which indicates they had to be close and know each other. Yeah. So there's no sign she was tied up. There's no sign she was forcibly kidnapped in that there were no tie or ligature marks. Yeah. We know someone could be held hostage, but there's nothing physically on her right. to indicate this. Right. She clearly wasn't fearful of her life until she realized it was being taken from her. That's I what we speculate. Imagine. Yeah. So Dahl had recently broken up with Burke. Charlotte called her him Dal's first boyfriend. So mm-hmm. remember, she didn't date much. Charlotte right. has at least talks to her friend enough that she's aware of Burke and knows that this is what she classifies as the first boyfriend love. Okay. Charlotte had received letters from Donna, her friend, while attending a summer foreign language program in Pennsylvania. Oh, detailing the guy. her plan to end her relationship with the first boyfriend, Burke. Yeah. Dahl had told her she was interested in the man from Pittsburgh and he planned to visit her at NIU over Halloween. Okay. So she had moved on. Yeah. Police said the boyfriend might have had a motive to keep his girlfriend from breaking up with him. Hello. <laughs> Maybe. This circumstantial evidence indicated to police. The way you said hello, hello. I wanted to say, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> We're breaking into some Adele. Um, anyway, they felt, the police are feeling at this point in time, again, circumstantial evidence that he, well, yeah. he didn't want to be jilted. Charlotte had said that she thought Dahl's first boyfriend, Burke, was a possessive jerk and a nerd who did not have any intellect that matched Donna's. Her okay. friend didn't like him. Yeah. Obviously supportive of Miss Dahl moving on with the guy in Pittsburgh. She's right. like, good, you can do better. Yeah. 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 Burke also happened to live alone in an apartment at Suburban Estates close to the spot on Nelson Road. Okay, I was going to say, how close is that to Nelson Road? Where her body was found within a mile. Yeah. Within yeah. a mile. I don't like this. Burke never confessed. Sure. Officers Scott and Laban said his attitude at the time was, how could you possibly suspect me? He was close enough to her family that he even served as a pallbearer at her funeral. Mm. And Donna was married or was married. Donna was buried wearing a pair of earrings that he had given her. Oh God. I am sure the conservative parents were previously who were previously unaware of her new relationship. They're going to like the first boyfriend, the one that she was close to, and are not going to approve of newly separated guy in Pittsburgh. No. Pittsburgh. Right. Right. But, ah. Well, Burke is still the prime suspect. He is reported. Regardless of the fact that he's a pallbearer, identified the body, and that she's wearing the earrings he gave her. That's right. He's the prime suspect. He is actually, nowadays, 
reported to be a senior consultant at a large Chicago bank. Okay. He currently spends his days designing computer systems that do number crunching. Okay. He's living his life. Okay. When offered a chance to tell his side of the story from 1970, the suspect <laughs> says, I have no comment, and slams down the phone. Yeah, he's probably sick of being accused. Well, interestingly as well, the day that the sheriff announced to the press that there was a prime suspect in the case after she was found, he tried to slit his wrist. Oh. But before checking out of the University Health Service at 4 a.m. after he attempted suicide, he was medically cleared. He really quickly retained an Ed Dietrich as his lawyer. Okay. On October 20th, 1970, the DeKalb Chronicle quoted Dietrich, his attorney, saying, Burke has been quite emotionally disturbed over Miss Dell's death and has been extremely cooperative with the police, working 20 out of 24 hours with them. When called upon to help. Well, okay, we're being a little dramatic here. 20 out of the 24 hours. Remember the police I aren't even you, working 20 out of 24 hours. We have different concepts of time. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. It felt like hours. <laughs> Jesus. He answered five questions. He, Burke, even according to, to, according to Dietrich, he volunteered to take a polygraph test. Okay. But there's no evidence that he took one or whether police offered him one and he later refused and as I stated, the Don and Dahl case is still open. Right. Well, now I'm going to get you to the weirdest part of okay. the case. Okay. This case is about Miss Dahl. I've got to, I got to make things a little odd, odd, awkward, something. Don't we always like to get awkward up in here? We do. The pathologist's report did give suffocation as the cause of death. Okay. Investigation implies that Donna was smothered to death with either a pillowcase or maybe a piece of plastic. Sergeant Lifeheight, Leafheight of the DeKalb PD indicated, though, no fibers were found in her lungs or airways. Pillowcases would have fibers. Yeah. As would be usual in suffocation. But there was evidence that she had eaten five to six pounds of potatoes before her death. What? Yes. What did you just throw at me? Five to five six pounds of potatoes. Pounds of potatoes in her stomach at the time of her death. Now, food in your stomach can go back about forty-eight hours. Contents in your stomach help estimate times of death, and undigested right. food would indicate that this death occurred between within twelve to forty-eight hours. When she was found. So she leaves the library, has an entire family pack of potatoes? Well, she wouldn't have done it then because this is nine days later that she was found. Wait, shut up. You're right. The, what the, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? She's missing for all these times, all this time. Obviously still alive up until very recently. And then when she's found dead, suffocated to death, which asphyxiation is her cause of death, suffocation. Did she die from the inside out, from the potatoes, from the spuds? Let's talk about potatoes. Could that have happened? A study from University of New Mexico suggested that a 100-pound adult would have to eat a full pound of green potatoes before showing signs of solanine poisoning. Solanine is a glycol alkaloid poison found in the nightshade family. That's potatoes, tomatoes, and eggplants, by the way, that we eat. We eat nightshade plants all the time. Mm -hmm. It can occur naturally in the green parts, so the leaves, the fruits, the tubers. Signs of solanine poisoning can include diarrhea, fever, or to the extreme, hypothermia. So you can be either 
super hot or super cold, headache, slow pulse and or breathing, stomach pains, and vomiting. So, so all of the bad things. All the bad things. How, death isn't listed, though. No. But those things can all cause death. Right. At an extreme. But I mean, I wouldn't think she had well, shat herself to death because all the potatoes were still in her body. Right. Solanine cannot be removed either by boiling potatoes. So when people are like, did she eat six pounds of raw potatoes? No, she could have eaten. They could have been digested. It could have been cooked potatoes because okay. boiling doesn't remove it. Okay. Frying potatoes can remove solanine, by the way. These, See, the more good reason to, to fry, fry up some anything. potatoes, French guys. fries are always safe with French fries. That's right. I, I don't think I could eat five pounds of French fries, by the way. No, I've been no. real hungry and eating like a, you know, half a pound of cheese fries. Listen, I am, I am a hundred pound human. Yes. And I can put away some food, you especially can. potatoes. Yeah. Ask They're anyone the who's had a meal with me. They're the perfect food. They, they are. But I got to tell you, when you're my size, after so long, your stomach does the start stems. to bloat. Yeah, yes. and you and and there's a stat. I call it my stop button because when the buttons on so my the, jeans. When, oh, okay. I thought to, maybe your belly button poked out. No, <laughs> no. When when the um the button on my jeans starts to leave an imprint on my abs. Yeah, that's when I know that's your stopping point, honey. You 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 should stop yes, now. Yes, you, you are stop. bloated. Yeah, you, you've reached your full. Well, oh my god, frying. We don't we don't know whether they were fried or not. Okay, we don't know say, how can she. We tell how no, it was we cooked? don't we don't know. She we just know she ingested them because they were in, they were being digested. Symptoms of solanine poisoning can occur eight to twelve hours after ingestion, but after ingested, but as rapidly as ten minutes. Now, solanine is also technically considered a nerve toxin. With potatoes, mm. it is produced in the green part, leaf stem, and the green areas of the skin on your potatoes. Okay. It is actually a natural defense that a potato has against insects and disease. I didn't know they had a defense. They are nightshades. Potatoes are more deadly than we think. They are They are the perfect food, and they are brilliant. Wow. They and defend themselves. they make vodka. And they make vodka. Yes. No. And she's uh, studying and she Russian. And she studies Russian. That's why I, I didn't think it was all that weird at first right? until you laid me with the five to six pounds. It can cause impairment of the central nervous system. Okay. So okay. still, even with selenine poisoning, which w it sh this would have showed up on an autopsy report, you would think. Uh, yeah. If they ran these things, if they found the potatoes, right. death would still be unlikely to occur, especially by suffocation. Right. So suffocation is the obvious cause of death. They, they, she showed those signs. They know that she suffocated, but it couldn't. She couldn't have suffocated from something that was fibrous because there were no fibers yeah. in her mouth, down her throat, in her lungs. Plastic. Suffocate somebody with a potato. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Potato. This case is left with more questions than than answers, as often happens. Why okay. would Did Donna Dell have consumed pounds of potatoes within 12 to 4 hour, 48 hours prior to her death? After she'd been missing for, for nine, nine days. days. So she was alive somewhere. For quite a bit of time. But not being tied, not being held captive that way. Did anyone see, um, what what is boyfriend's Burke. name? Burke. Burke. I was going to call him Zuck. That's not true. You can call him Sock. Burke. Burke. Did anyone see him? Well, he organized a, a, a search. He did organize a search. Um, but I'm like, just where was he for those nine days or at least seven days? We're going to go back and dissect that in a few minutes. Okay. Okay, good. So 
from the pathology report then and the digestion of the ridiculous amount of potatoes. It is a, an astronomical, insane she amount is not of potatoes. a big girl. There are photos of Donna. She is not this a large woman or anything. She wasn't just like <laughs> sucking potatoes down. They determined that Dal had been alive for at least 48 hours after her disappearance. Yeah. If not more, okay. but at least, at 48, least 48 after her disappearance. Okay. Theories regarding the murder then, right? Mm -hmm. So how about, let's go with the man she was seeing who was either reportedly separated or newly divorced. Okay. okay. All kinds of motive there potentially, right? If he, sure. if he Decided was in a complicated relationship. Yeah. Right. right. His name is never given in any of the documentation that I found, but he was cleared. Okay. Uh, I believe, I assumed from what I read that he had an alibi and was states away from this area. But more right. importantly, he did speak to police and he did not have any knowledge that Donna was coming to see him and reported, as she had stated to her friend, he was planning on coming to see her around Halloween at college. Yeah. So he was planning on coming there. There's no and no indication. So, okay. So there's been no secrecy. It was confirmed no. with what she wrote her friend about. Yes. He was open and honest with the police. She was just not open with her relationship to her family. Right. Which I get that. Yes. Yeah. It's a tender area, especially if they liked uh yep. Burke, yeah, you know, it'd be even and, harder to which be like. They yeah, did. I dumped him. He was and, a pallbearer, and mm -hmm. they buried her in earrings he had bought for yeah. her. Yeah, so clearly, I can see clearly from like him. Her perspective, how it yeah. would be difficult to be like. By the way, Burke's not for me. I broke up with him, yes. and I am into this other man that lives in Pennsylvania. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how about we throw out completely unrelated to these two men? Could it have been a robbery or a kidnapping? Her shoes and her purse were missing. Okay. So someone took her purse that perhaps they, they thought had valuable. Were they swanky shoes or just regular shoes? We don't know. Okay. Could they have been? I do like me some good expensive shoes. I and know. that would be a worst case. I would fight to the death if somebody tried to steal so, my shoes mm -hmm. off my feet. Mm -hmm. But she's also not in an urban area. She is dumped out in a field. Right. She's and wearing she, this. I mean, and she's a college student. They're on a scholarship. I can't imagine that yeah. her shoes really would have been that expensive. I would not have thought so. But remember, she, so she is wearing a coat when she's found too, by the way. Yeah. It just wasn't the same trench coat that she had been wearing the night she went missing after work. And there's no defensive wounds or signs of a struggle on her body to indicate that one would have been forcibly kidnapped or robbed. Yeah. Um, so it's not like she was like robbed and, and beaten up. Um, no robbed and asphyxiated I mean, that, and taken that, to a that field to me says she was with someone that she knew all right let's go back to burke and take it apart okay please we have a we have a recently jilted boyfriend did he buy potatoes recently that's what i want to know show me those grocery okay. receipts this is where you know before i even read to you all of my notes and this is my all of my speculation from the investigation now i feel like if there was investigation done on burke we are missing some huge pieces. And is it potentially because he's still their only suspect and this case is still open? So it's not been released? Sure. I, so I don't want to say that the police haven't done a good job. Right. I also want to state from this case back in 1970, he's never been convicted or charged. Mm -hmm. He's still innocent until proven guilty. So this speculation on my part is is purely what I've put together from this. Right. And I want your opinion on it, okay. which I think is all going the same way because our brains are one. <laughs> It is magical. It is. We, we, it is magical. So we have a jilted boyfriend, a newly ended relationship. Donna disappears in the thin air, which indicates she either went willingly and maybe even voluntarily to Burke's house after work instead of meeting her friend. He shows up to the library. She clocks out early because he says, hey, we've got to talk. I'm having a rough time. Mm -hmm. 
Did Burke hold Dal hostage then in his, in his home for days? Did he force feed her potatoes? Or was he a bachelor that didn't cook and potatoes were all he cooked and that's what he was feeding her over the course of days to keep her alive? Mm-hmm. We don't know if his apartment was ever searched. We don't know if he recently bought five pounds of potatoes. Did he even plan on killing her? If he did. And was he holding her hostage, <laughs> feeding her potatoes, and then he loses his cool, realizing the relationship is over? Then he suffocates her? Maybe even mm-hmm. in her sleep? So there's no defensive That's why wounds there's no or struggle. injuries? Mm-hmm. So speculating right here, y'all. And then he dumps her body close to his residence. And why would he dump her in an area where students would likely be to party? He's a student. Right. He knows. Right. If he did it, did he want her to be found because he loved her? Right. And after he killed her, he didn't want her to go, you know, like missing for too long. Maybe there was a little remorse there. It could make sense. Did she have another jacket that she had left at his house when they were dating? Yeah, I wondered that as well. And that he either put her in the new jacket or did she put it on willingly and then he killed her? Did he carry her to the car, leaving her shoes and her purse behind? And those were never found. They weren't dumped in the field, at least, and they, or they, if they were, they were well hidden, and no one has yet found them. So, cases unsolved. Mm. No new leads have come in. This is the only lead that they still have. It's still open. It's living on in two binders and a box of documents at the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office. Anyone with information is asked to contact the DeKalb County Sheriff's Department. They stated... We will keep it open with the hopes that somewhere along the line, something will materialize that will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Dal's younger sister, Becky, who's the 10-year-old uh, whose birthday yep. party Donna missed, gave an interview 40 years later, so when she was 50 years old, where she stated that they just wanted closure. Yeah. And her friend Charlotte wondered, if Dal was alive, would she still speak beautifully in Russian? Would she be a teacher? Would she be inspiring students everywhere? Oh, I think she would have met all yep. of her goals, most definitely. Yep. So what about the possibility of he was holding her captive and he wasn't feeding her? And so then he finally gives her potatoes and she gorged herself because she hadn't ate in days. Yeah, it's just, you know, I researched a bunch of this and I always love getting... um opinions from our fans and and some of our experts here maybe some of you medical experts and stuff you know could it appear that um engorging yourself you know could lead to some type of a loss of you know pressing against your airway that would appear to be some type of internal suffocation right. or asphyxiation right. there was nothing to indicate she was choking like there was nothing found in her esophagus or anything okay so this is just, those are the contents of her stomach and they were stomach. digested. This is, this is the most bizarre, you know, never heard of somebody eating that many potatoes. Well, and some people have speculated, maybe she didn't eat them all at once and maybe she'd been slowly eating them. Was she on some mm-hmm. diet? Did she have some, uh, an eating disorder, uh, some type of bulimia or even sure. pi- pica? Pica is mm-hmm. more non-food related, but if you're eating perhaps raw potatoes in five pounds, you know, yeah. that's not good. You're not supposed to eat raw potatoes. No. And I've known people who've developed weird either pregnancy cravings or a pica-esque type yeah. of situation where they crave that. Yeah. Um, but 
Others then have said, well, if she had been slowly eating them, they would have been going through her digestive tract and she wouldn't have had five that pounds many. in her yes. stomach, the contents of uh, digestive Because she potatoes. had no health issues that were stopping her fi- from digesting. No, she I had allergies. Right. That's her only known medical diagnosis. And she was on medication prescription meds for them, which she went without. It's odd to me. Could she that- have had an asthma attack? Do they not know? Mm. You know, but no reports that she had asthma, just that she had allergies mm-hmm. no anaphylaxis was reported so any type of an uh, allergy that would have caused right. you know some type of a shock or, or death from uh, internal suffocation again i we're, we're at a loss it's the potatoes it's the weirdest fucking thing ever it really it yeah. really is and i think what bothers me is just picturing picturing herself you know she would have been excited to see her best friend she was planning on seeing her best friend who she hadn't seen seemingly since her wedding, her best friend's wedding that summer. And I just don't know that she like would have prearranged to stand her up. Like, I don't know that Burke would have called her at her shift or whatever at the library and said, we really need to talk. And he, she would have been like, she okay, wouldn't have stood up her night. friend for it. No, I'm wondering if he pulled up knowing she gets out at 10 o'clock. She clocks out at 9.59. So he's right there. And what if what if it's possible that he manipulated her and was like, oh, I have Charlotte. Maybe. Back at my, you know, my place. Or get in right now. Maybe he it's, had a gun. It's like, we don't know. Exactly. So if you're holding somebody hostage with a weapon, you yeah. don't have to touch them if they're scared. That could be why there's no marks or signs of forced injury on her. Or what if, uh, just to... To say it's not, and Burke's not involved. What if just another rando pulled up and was like, get I said, it, get in the car. That's yeah. what's speculated. But she there's, was just kidnapped. But there's no, for $10, like there's no real motive for that to keep her alive. Obviously, this woman the was weird, kept alive. The weird, she was, at least for two days after she went missing. Right. Her family if received a couple weird phone calls. That's true. We know where your daughter is. Yeah. But nobody confessed to anything or gave any other information How do that. people get phone numbers f- for strangers back in 1970? The phone book. Right. But w- did she live in this area? I believe that they lived near DeKalb. Because I'm like, you have did to get go a phone away book a little bit from that same zip code to find her parents' phone number. Or you knew her parents' Thank phone number. Thank you. That's what I'm getting I at. I know you were. You knew the parents' phone number. Yes. 100% pure speculation. Yeah, it okay. Is. Allegedly. Well, and here's the thing, too. I would never implicate this woman, Charlotte, her friend. Right, right. But, but but you always have to take into consideration other people who've been in the area. She was coming to pick her friend up, and then, you know, it, is that a possibility? I'm glad was her that car you said it up? because I was going to say it. Well, I don't it believe too. it. No. And I don't think any of the evidence leads us to this. No. But you have to think of alternative hypothesis. And I'm that, sure that the police did. Sure. That's why she was sure. discuss, That's why she was talked to. That's why she was interviewed and was able to give right. all this information. Right, most definitely. And, and so. I, I agree with you. It doesn't jive with me no. at all. But I'm just threw it out there because we want it all out there. And because she was, supposed I knew to one be of you her. listeners out there would be like, "Has anybody suspected the friend?" Right. I right. mean, we did just give you Pam Hop a few episodes ago. Exactly. So exactly. Trust me, your friends are sometimes not your friends. Yeah. That, yeah. That one doesn't fit as well with me but again it was someone who was supposed to be seeing her that night so i think we definitely have to take that into consideration yep um but damn 
just a random act of potato violence. I just <laughs> I don't, don't know, know about you know what this. What I really don't like about this is anytime a potato is looked at negatively. I know that's I don't except want fried. Right. You keep those fried ones. Those will save your ass. Yeah. I just so when I when I was looking through on this case, that was one of the more bizarre unsolved cases in that area um and i think it's in one of the more bizarre unsolved cases period why are the damn potatoes where, in there i mean where have, how have we had other cases where people have had weird stomach contents and another well, yeah uh, certainly not not like that though that is very specific i mean that's one five thing. to you six know. pounds of potatoes think about going to the store Around Thanksgiving, I always buy the biggest, not the two pound, the five pound bag of Idaho's so that I can peel them and make mashed potatoes. And we're talking, and we're talking one pound more than that five pound bag you guys buy for Thanksgiving. I have, I buy a five pound bag for, um, I mean, I have four teenage boys. Yes. So for dinners, we buy a a five pound bag and usually cook up all of them except for maybe like two to three. Yes. Um, but that feeds a family of six people. So same (laughs) I will cook up all five pounds of my potatoes and mash them. And it makes a huge, you know, what would you call it? A pot, I guess, of a stock. I use a stock pot. It's a stock pot. Us too. Exactly. And then I literally can put it in the fridge. So it'll feed us for dinner that night. If all of my kids are home, one with the significant other, it'll feed all seven of us. Plus I can put it in the fridge and it'll probably get some leftovers out of it for the four that actually are left living in my house for a couple days. Yeah. So that's just to put it in perspective of how many potatoes that really is the other thing potatoes i I love them but and and here's the other thing it's not like anybody gave some information that oh yeah donna she liked the potatoes Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was hooked on them right right yeah exactly i don't know where that accent came from but i'm loving it but you're right no one said oh that was her go-to food she wasn't on a remember the 1970s fad diets yeah yeah i I mean mean, i wasn't alive then but i've heard of i got it i was born in the late 70s but I was there any type of a potato I think you were dieting on your breast milk I mean no at that point in time they did realize that you didn't need to smoke anymore to help your baby be smaller (laughs) I remember my grandma telling me that in terms of fads and things that happen when doctors would tell you she wouldn't they're like okay now don't go gain too much weight during your pregnancy have some cigarettes that'll keep your appetite down oh yeah my god for sure the evolution of humanity or of humans is astounding to yes, me. Yes, yes. How so, we're so, still here, so I'll never know. Birth weights have increased. Um, it is a short-term dietary plan where an individual has to eat only potatoes for three to five days, followed by a week or month, depending on the person's requirement. This extreme eating plan focuses on consuming nothing but cooked potatoes for rapid weight loss. Whoa. This was some type of a weird potato diet. I just put every everything you need to know about the potato diet. But she No one speculated this by the way. Yeah. She, and she wasn't a big girl, right? Well, she wasn't obese. Okay. But when you have but what about body dysmorphia? What yeah. about some bad perhaps she was d- dieting? Um getting herself a new man's maybe potatoes? wanting to get a little more That's into shape. Interesting. So the potato diet here is very well um 
Diet.com says it's a short-term rapid weight loss solution. They're the primary source of calories in the diet, potatoes, because they're an excellent source of fiber, vitamins, and minerals, and proponents of the potato diet believe you can lose about a pound a week. So there's all different variations, but basically in its simplest form, followers of it eat nothing but plain potatoes for several days. Since the diet is restrictive, it is not meant to be followed long-term. And there's been other diets like this. If you remember the cabbage soup diet, Diet, the grapefruit diet. You can eat on this. Basically, it says they encourage people on the potato diet to eat until they're full. Bless I'm you. So sorry. Excuse me. It encourages volume eating. This is when you fill up on foods that are naturally lower in calories, right? So then you eat less throughout the day. The potatoes are supposed to be plain. So you're not adding your butter and sour cream and mm, condiments. Forget it then. Basically, forget it. they said less strict versions sometime allow you to add a little bit of mustard or homemade ketchup. Who the fuck eats mustard on a potato? I and I love mustard. but Me too, but not on a potato. No. Do you guys do that? I don't know. Uh, message us if you eat mustard on potatoes so that we can silently judge you. No, I'm just kidding. Right? But I want to know why. I mean, I guess don't knock it till you try it. I, I've never tried it. Maybe that would be something that is better than we think, right? Yeah, absolutely. And oh my gosh, in the 70s, what diet fads were popular? It was the sexy pineapple diet, the grapefruit <laughs> diet, the wine and eggs diet. Yes, it was a thing. And even the cabbage soup diet, aka the Dolly Parton diet. I think I've accidentally been on the wine and eggs one. I yeah, me too, Shit. but it's usually I post- call it a charcuterie. <laughs> a charcuterie. <laughs> that's fantastic um and atkins started around 70s too which certainly a potato does not fall within which Um, you know i was gonna say like what if she was hiding out and and was eating the potatoes and just accidentally died from them and was trying to walk back you know she'd be familiar with that area too so trying to get back Uh, but that she doesn't have her shoes or her purse that doesn't jive either nope and she wasn't dirty, right? Like, there's no information that she, that her clothes had been tattered and dirty at all. Because I'm like, what if she was held she, captive? She was, no. And got herself out well, and was, was feeding out. off from a potato farmer. I think she had been survive. in the elements for a little bit. I mean, she okay. had been dumped there. But she was wearing all of her clothes and yeah. this coat. The only thing missing were her shoes. So bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. You are going to keep me up at night. Well, you Donna know, that is, that is always my goal. Uh, I know. Yes. And I like, I like is, keeping you awake. This is going to be for a different reason, though. I know. And I lost, Shit's I lost, I was going to bathe you and I lost my brain bath because um, I went, when you Google search for something else like potatoes, it lost my other fucking Google search. So, so you, I'm going to find you a story here for Tell, me. tell the listeners about your new phone and what you told me before we started recording. I, so I um have, maybe this is the brain bath. Mm-hmm. When... I've had this phone, my old phone, for five years. We um we have a really it's longer we, than some people's relationship. We had a really good relationship. Um, and uh, she knew what I needed all the time, yeah. and I knew how to handle her. You knew the buttons to push, and she knew yeah. how to deliver to you. And so it was time for me to get a new phone. Um, I actually went in there to the fucking AT and T store, and I am having 
severe anxiety at this point because my life is on this phone. My every app, everything I've used for five years. And part of the reason I'm panicking is because while I do keep track of some important passwords, I don't have them all memorized because my phone, that beautiful, lovely bitch that she was, memorized all my passwords for me. Yes. So I didn't need them. She just always knew what you needed. She knew what I needed. And so I went in there and the lovely lady at AT AT&T who was helping me out was like, I said, I saw Sometimes I really wish I had an iPhone because I know they can mirror image your phone and apparently it even takes over the apps and everything like legit mirrors it. Well, you don't have that opportunity on a Samsung. Okay. She's like, oh, well, I can mirror it. Like she plugs the thing in and brings it over to the phone, but it doesn't give you all your passwords and stuff. Right. So I got this thing. I, this thing that I'm holding. You're not even willing to call it. I don't know. A, a friendly I, I name feel yet. like it's it's a stranger. I feel like I have cheated on my other phone, and I don't know. I have been working on figuring out how to stroke it correctly and press the right buttons. And it's I'm I'm surprised I haven't been shocked or zapped. I'm waiting for it to bite my finger off. You do seem to be handling it a little gingerly. bit more gingerly. I, yes. I do. And now there's like this fingerprint thing. Oh, yeah. And so you're I put not my used finger, to that. But you have to put your oh. finger in the right spot. Yeah. She's a fickle woman, this thing. <laughs> I know. Men, I understand I how you all feel when we pick on you for not being able to find the right spot. That's my phone. Right. I can't find her spot. <laughs> I can't find her spot. It's just not working very well. So when I came in here, as I'm trying to find my story, you had mentioned that um, I seem to be I doing asked better. You how you were getting along with your new phone. And I said, I think we're finally settled into our new relationship. I know where everything is now. I don't think she's enjoying it quite yet because <laughs> I can't get the buttons pressed right. And sometimes she does things to me like won't let me press snooze because apparently you have to press it in the right spot on the inches on this phone. Oh, I am using my finger to try right. and shut the alarm off. Awake, not even half awake. I no. yeah, she's she she, oh. she really kind of sucks, I but she's suck. pretty. She's she pretty. Is pretty. I told Charnel that this is what this was like. Is like. I've started dating a 25-year-old boy after <laughs> dating a 45-year-old man. Being married to a 45-year-old right. man. Right, and he's very, this is a very pretty new thing that very I have, pretty. but I'm not quite sure how it works, and even when I think I'm doing it correctly, I think it tells all its friends that the old lady can't figure <laughs> this shit out. That's where I am it, with this. It is talking behind your back it about is. you it is yes. talking behind my back it is i, I don't know what else to but say. i i agree it is wrapped up in a beautiful little package quite a sexy number that yeah. you've got there well but. i i what i did to make her happy i know i'm going back and forth between he or she because it doesn't really it matter d- doesn't. what sex no. this phone is either or way how it's not it, giving you or pleasure. how it identifies <laughs> it's not making me happy and i don't think it makes it happy either but i did get the case spade case i did see so that. while i'm screaming at this thing um i can at least look pretty doing it yours is case Spade too it is. this is how much alike we are <gasps> we are we are yep so i um i feel like i should i'm gonna give you a little bit more of a brain bath because some people may not find my life as funny or i enjoyed as, i enjoyed that i, I actually do. think a lot of people can um relate I hope to so. that both with the dating being 45 oh. and dating a 25 year old and the actual phone switching. Well, and just let me to just to go along with this. There are still apps that I have and have had on this phone for years that I cannot get in. Oh, okay. so I have a there's a photo app that I can't figure out how to get. In. I could not get on to get into Facebook 
or to get on to answer any of our Patreon's questions and stuff onto our, our Crime Curious yeah. website. And I'm like trying to figure out how the fuck to get on Facebook because it won't I'm like, I'm going to have to start a new Facebook account and my whole life for the past oh, 14 shit. or 15 years yeah. is on Facebook because that's yeah. where I post all these pictures. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm going to check out Pinterest. I didn't want to lose my Pinterest boards either. Of course not. So I get on Pinterest for some reason. I could fi- I could get on Pinterest. Okay, I must have either remembered my password or whatever. Well, when it came up, it said something about Facebook, and this is when I remembered that my Pinterest is linked through my Facebook. Oh, so I you shut, went in the back door. I shut Pinterest down. Gave that the gave her the shocker and went right on it and was able to get into Facebook oh my after God. That. <laughs> That's funny. Yep, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I can't find anything else. I was going to try to find you a weird potato story, but for some reason, this phone believes that the story that I just looked up with Donna Dahl is the only weird potato story I am allowed to know. I bet there's not. I, I feel like Donna's story is the weirdest thing potatoes have ever done. It's It, it um, may have been. I don't know. I think they live a pretty low-key life. But yeah. do you want me to see if there's a funny potato story? Yeah, let's see if we can. We used to race and see who could find something uh, quick. But um, yeah, now Charnel's going to win. Oh, look, there's actually a thing called weird potato stories. Oh, um, I found a gawker one. Let's see. Patrick's potato surprise. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Patrick the potato. That's funny. Uh, let me see if I can scroll down. Okay. Oh, good. I have one. I have one too. All right. Patrick potato is a potato. He woke up. (laughs) (laughs) He woke up, hopped out of bed and hopped towards his bedroom door. Patrick paused and realized he didn't hear any voices. Patrick wondered aloud. Weird. How come there aren't any voices I hear? Polly, Polly, excuse me, is always so loud and wakes me up. Patrick just shrugged it off. I guess potatoes have shoulders. Yes. Thinking they're just sleeping in since it's a Sunday and his mom and dad don't have any work. And since him and Polly don't have school, Patrick decided to go out to his favorite restaurant for breakfast. (laughs) He grabbed his leaflet, let his grass bucks in it with his grass bucks in it. Sorry. So that's like his wallet. Oh, then he wrote a note to his parents where he was going. Uh (laughs) Patrick hopped out the door because he doesn't have legs because he's a potato. Happy about finally waking up to peace and quiet, not knowing the real reason why his parents or Polly, or why he didn't see his parents or Polly awake. Oh no, I think that I'm reading us a murder, another murder story. You do this every time you cold read. I know, sorry. Patrick hopped down the street faster and faster until he finally ended up at his favorite restaurant, Brunch Barge, and went inside. He found an empty seat and sat down. He looked at the menu and ordered the potatoes surprise, <gasps> thinking it's just a meal for potatoes. <laughs> it's a surprise oh, for God. a potato. When he got it, he found something the waiter called French fries. Ooh. Patrick took a bite and called the waiter over. Hey, waiter, he said, what's in these? He looked down, gesturing to the French fries. Oh, those? The human waiter asked. Well, oil, seasoning, and your family. Patrick oh laughed, God. just thinking the waiter was joking. Then the waiter started to suspiciously pull something out of the inside of his uniform pocket. The waiter grinned maliciously. Now it's your turn. You will be someone else's potato surprise. Holy shit, this took a turn. The waiter laughed manically and Patrick realized the human waiter wasn't joking at all. (laughs) I am sorry for what I just did to all of us. Patrick's potato surprise is not a good story. 
I how found, do you always okay. lead us to murder? Wow. I don't know. In this one. Look at how innocent this little potato is. He's sleeping. He is so cute. I just read somebody's story. They did The author did not give their name for good reason because it's a shitty story where you kill right? the potato family. Put yourself in this person's shoes um, from Gawker. This it says, it's titled by Gabrielle Bluestone. This probably made up Reddit story about a potato is incredibly good. Have you read the all best literature? Have you read the all the best literature in all the best libraries? That wasn't English. Wow. I apologize, Miss Bluestone, but you need to do some proofreading on your Please. article. Please. Perhaps you'll allow me to point out to you a gem you may have overlooked. The Reddit story about a man who decided to pretend he'd never seen a potato before. Originally posted on Reddit's Today I Fucked Up forum. (laughs) I've got to read this. (laughs) The strange potato story is undoubtedly not real, but still should be read. The unabridged tuber tale in all its grandeur. Okay. Let me tell you that I have made a bad mistake this evening, he starts. My girlfriend, who let me tell you is only my second girlfriend of all time, said I am, quote unquote, invited to dinner with her and her parents. I was aghast, nervous, and bashful to be invited to such a situation, but I knew it must be done. I met them nicely. I should tell you, and it started off in a good way. I met them nicely. The idea slapped my mind that I should do a comic bit to make a good impression and become known to them as a person who is amusing. Why do I feel like this is our friend Jason? Oh, God. (laughs) When I saw the baked potatoes were served, I got the idea that it would be very good if I pretended I did not know what potatoes were. That would be funny. Oh, no. Well, let me tell you, backfired on my face. I'll (laughs) tell you how. So first, when the potato became on my plate... Became. Was this written by a, a bot? bot? <laughs> I acted very interesting. <laughs> yes, it, it was, was written, written on Reddit. I oh, showed an expression funny. on my face so as to seem that I was confused, astounded, but in a restrained way, curious and interested. They did notice and seemed confused at my confusion, but did not remark. So I asked, this looks very interesting. What is this? They stared at me and the mother said, it's a baked potato. And I was saying, oh, interesting, a baked, what is this again? And she was like, a potato. And I was like, a potato? Oh, interesting. Never heard of a potato. Oh, my God. pretty good. She's like, you're not interesting. And then they didn't see I was clowning, but thought I really did not know what a potato was. So I knew I would be very shamed, humiliated, depressed, and disgusted if I admitted to making a bad joke. So what I did was to act as if it was not a joke. Oh. But I committed to the act of pretending I didn't know what a potato is. Took it too far too long, man. He he got himself in trouble. This is not a guy who's dated often. He said he didn't. They asked me, very incredulous, did I really not know what a potato is? That I had never heard of a potato. I went with it and I told them, yes, I did not ever even hear of a potato. I am a 40-year-old virgin. What do you expect? Only had I never eaten a potato, I'd never heard the word potato. No. This went on for a bit and my girlfriend was acting very confused and embarrassed by my fucked up antics. And then the more insistent I was about not knowing what a potato is was when the parents started thinking I did is when oh is when the parents parents did start thinking that i did know what a potato was so at this point they're like okay well let me tell you i had to commit 100 percent at this point when i would not admit to knowing what a potato was the father began to get annoyed at one point he said something like enough's enough you're fucking with us admit it and i said sir before today i never heard of a potato i still don't know what a potato is other than some kind of food i don't know what to tell you 
And let me tell you, he got very annoyed. I decided to take a bite of the potato. And when I did, I made a high pitched noise and said, tastes very strange. (laughs) Oh my God. This is when the father started yelling at me and the mother kept saying, what are you doing? And my girlfriend went to some other room. (laughs) Finally, the father said, get the fuck out of his house. And I said, that was irrational (laughs) just because I never heard of a potato before. Well, let me tell you, he didn't take to that kindly. Now, In text messages, I have been telling my girlfriend I really don't know what a potato is. The only way I can ever get out of this is for them to buy that I don't know what a potato is. I wish I never started it, but I can't go back. I think she's going to break up with me. (laughs) I think her her dad broke up with you, man. No, it was so stupid. I apologize for what we just did to you. And this is a rendition of if you type in something weird in Google. This is what you come up with. This is what you get. I got ridiculousness and you went right to a potato murder. I don't know how that finds me. How do these stories find me? I'm so sorry. I put the vibe out there that I'm doing a true crime podcast and it just comes to me. That's what you got. I didn't mean to kill Patrick the potato and his entire potato family. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, that's, that's where I we were with I hope that that today. story that you told it's is made, made up. up. And the lady referred to it as but, a made up story, but... But I, at the same token, there are people who will awkward. do that shit. That yes. awkward. We know those people. We do. And then it's like, no, okay. we. It, but a lot of times you just drop it. Like you just drop the whole thing and yeah. just let it go. But there are people who will want to overly commit to their joke. Right. Have you ever, right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Do we all know people who've become so committed to something that they've started that I, I like to equate this to realizing about five minutes into an argument, you realize you're wrong. Yes. But you are committed. But you, mm-hmm. though some people won't say, oh shit. I'm wrong. Right. They continue the argument yes. knowing they are wrong yeah. so that they will somehow still win this argument yes. and keep and go with it. Yes. And that's what happened. Yes. I think. And you can see it on their face the moment that they realize that they're wrong. Yeah, I and can. Yeah. And also, really I've been there. Funny. Oh, certainly. But certainly. I'll, and some people might disagree knowing who I am as a person because I do like to be right. I like to be heard. But I very am cognizant of the fact I was telling a story about something and then I stopped and went, oh my god I have just been arguing with five to you for five minutes and I'm wrong and my husband's like just a second my chest hurts my arm <laughs> I mean my tingles tingles <laughs> did you really just admit you're wrong like this has never happened before. I'll admit it I'll yeah admit yeah it. I've grown as a human I mean probably like 20 year old self never I would have been stubborn enough to be like I know I'm fucking wrong but this I'm just is gonna the hill going. I have chosen to yes. die on yes. I do not know what a potato is a hundred percent I would have um First of all, I wouldn't have told that bad of a joke, but I I would have been the person who wouldn't have admitted it. You can always get out of the joke. You're out was there multiple times when he said, you're fucking with us, right? You say, yes, of course, I'm fucking with you. Isn't your daughter lucky to have me? Right. That was the time, man. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. But now I've grown as a person and can be like, oh shit, you're right. I am very wrong about that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, great story today. Short one. I mean, if anybody out there knows any information about Donna Dahl, please come forward. DeKalb County Sheriff's Department still has this open. It survives on in a couple files in a box and it is it is open. So um, you're not going to find much more than I did out there and probably for good reason. Right, right, right. We have one suspect. Mm. Um, He is he has never been proven guilty or charged with anything. Right. And uh, apparently he is living on his life in the Chicago area. Well, sure. I mean, what? uh, Of course he is what he, he has no other choice but to life goes on but well, um, i, I very sorry to her family yeah me me as well so all right well and 
I think, uh, do you want to give some of our, our stats? How about yeah. y'all go over to uh, our Facebook page? I You're was trying so to give cute. the I was trying to give the email address. So go over to our Facebook page, and then you can always hit us up at crimecurious at yahoo.com. Crime Curious Podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, crime, it's crimecurious at yahoo.com. And then yeah. um, our website is yeah. crimecuriouspodcast.com. Have you updated any on pictures on I there? have not had Should a chance to put our cap put of the, ball one on I know. There. That's the whole reason we took those pictures. Yeah, so we have um, a couple good ones. And I, I just need time to get that done. So those I will be uploading new pictures soon. There's merch on there. Um, and if you feel so inclined, if you would like to binge hundreds of exclusive bonus content so there's so much on there um and we release five bonus episodes a month depending on what level uh you join for patreon as well um you get lots more of us if you're a patreon so the link is in the show notes you can also join from our website so whatever it, or if you just want to throw us a bone with buy me a coffee we use that for research that's what we buy books with so that link is in the show notes as well and it is extremely appreciated so yeah until next time, we hope you keep it curious. Keep listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.